Jenny and the New Girl Chapter 5 Jenny Goes Alone A pink envelope lay on the living room table when Jenny came in from school one afternoon. There's a letter for you, dear, Mother called from upstairs. Jenny picked it up, examining the address. Oh, it's from Barb! She tore open the flap eagerly, standing still to scan the lines. She read it through once, then went back to read it more slowly. Mother, Jenny called, heading upstairs. Barb has invited Geneva and Anna and me to come and visit her next weekend. She faced her mother, puffing with excitement. May I go? I don't know why you shouldn't. Oh, Jenny hugged herself. She paused as a thought struck her. For once, Marcia could not be included. Maybe, maybe, Jenny thought, this time she and Geneva would begin to be best friends again. I'll be very nice to Geneva, she promised herself, trying to make up for the unpleasant memory of the Halloween party. Her mistake in rejecting Geneva's friendly jester still smarted when she thought about it. She went downstairs. Should I phone her? She wondered. She and Geneva were really not on phoning terms these days. They were polite, but Geneva had not suggested playing with her again. In school, it seemed accepted now that Geneva and Marcia had become best friends. No, she would wait till tomorrow. Geneva had undoubtedly received an invitation, too. She would have to mention it so they could make plans. But she had to talk to someone, so she called Anna. Did you get a letter from Barb? she demanded. Yes, Anna sounded thrilled. Aren't you excited? We can go on the bus by ourselves. Oh, good. Anna was so happy at the prospect. Did Geneva get her invitation? I guess so. I didn't talk to her. Achoo! Anna said loudly. Have you got a cold? Jenny asked. Oh, no, Anna said hastily. Jenny could hardly wait for the next day. Surely Geneva would mention the invitation the minute she saw her. Jenny hummed as she settled down to her homework. She rushed through the lessons and clattered out to tell Peter about the weekend. She bustled about helping with dinner and chattering to mother. Jenny's spirits were high with hope and anticipation, but Geneva said nothing when they first met next morning. Jenny, seeing her on the playground, ran happily toward her. Then the eagerness died. Why should I let her think I'm so anxious to go with her, she thought. Let Geneva speak first. She stood still and watched in silence as Geneva played ball. Finally, Geneva glanced towards her. Incidentally, Geneva said, eyes on the ball, did you get a letter from Barb? Jenny's heart leapt. Somehow, she could tell Geneva was not as indifferent as she tried to seem. Yes, she said. You going? Geneva nodded. Sure, you and Anna? Yes. Jenny was happy and excited again. Oh, it's going to be fun. My mother says we can go on the bus alone. Oh, boy. Suddenly, it was like old times. It was just at this moment that Marcia came across the playground. Hi, she said. Hello, Jenny answered. Hi, Marcia, Geneva cried. I'm going to New York for the weekend. Jenny glanced curiously at Marcia to see an odd expression on her eyes. Marcia looked quickly from Geneva to Jenny, as if she sensed a threat. 
Geneva, Marcia cried accusingly. You're coming to my party Saturday. Geneva stared. Oh, goodness, I forgot. You promised. But Marcia, Geneva was upset now. Would you mind very much if I didn't? I'm invited and Jenny and Anna are going to New York for the weekend. Yes, I would mind, Marcia said quickly. It's all planned. You said you'd come. Jenny caught her breath. She had not known anything about this party. She did not know who was invited, but surely Geneva would not give in. She looked at Geneva and saw how much she wanted to go to Barb's. I never thought you'd go back on your promise, Marcia cried dramatically. There was silence as Geneva stared at Marcia, and Jenny watched Geneva scarcely breathing. You can ask somebody else, Geneva said. You promised to come, Marcia said curtly. Bitter words rushed to Jenny's lips. She was furious. What a mean girl Marcia was. But she could not speak. She could not plead with Marcia. Well, Geneva said, I know I did. I'll, I'll let you know. Come on, Jenny. The rest of the morning, Jenny had all she could do to keep her attention on her work. Her joyful anticipation of the week end had changed to worry. What would Geneva do? If Geneva didn't go, she didn't want to go either. What are you going to do, Geneva? She asked breathlessly at noon. Come on, Geneva stalked ahead, and Jenny followed, aware of Marcia's eyes on them. <clears throat> I'm going to ask my mother if I have to go to her old party. Mrs. Porter heard the story, eyes on her daughter's face. Do I have to go to the party? Geneva burst out. Her mother spoke slowly. I hate to say this, darling, but it isn't a nice thing to do to break an engagement just to accept another one you may like better. Geneva wailed. But I must say, her mother went on, it isn't very kind of Marcia to hold you to it when you told her you'd like to go to New York. But since she feels that way, and you did accept her invitation first, Geneva flopped on the living room sofa and buried her head in a pillow. After a minute, she sat up and brushed her tears from her eyes. Okay, she said between her teeth. I'll go to her mean old party. Jenny was in tears, too, when she got home. I'm not going to New York, either, she stormed. Of course you are, Mother said. It's a shame about Geneva, but you're going, and you're going to have a perfectly wonderful time. On Thursday, Anna did not come to school. Jenny went straight to Grandma's at lunchtime. Where's Anna? she asked. Grandma told her, She's in bed, Jenny. She has a very bad cold. Right now, she's sound asleep, so don't disturb her. But Jenny, Grandma looked sorry. I'm terribly afraid Anna won't be able to go to New York. Jenny gave a wail. Grandma! You go anyway, dear, Grandma urged. We'll make it up to Anna. Jenny went home in the depths of despair. Go alone? She could not imagine such a thing. She had never gone anywhere by herself. We'll call Barb after school, Mother decided, and see if she wants you to come. Jenny hoped fervently that Barb would postpone the visit. She dreaded the very thought of going alone. But Barbara said, Oh, Jenny, you come anyway, please. 
So, in spite of herself, Jenny started off on Friday afternoon. Mother put her on the bus. Jenny wore her green plaid coat and matching hat and slid Mother's overnight bag under the seat. She sat straight, clutching her ticket, feeling somehow cut off from everything as the bus sped on its way, leaving Mother and Father and farther behind every minute her home. But as they reached the familiar stretches of Jersey Meadow, Jenny slowly relaxed. She leaned back and looked out of the window, beginning to feel quite grown up traveling alone like this. Now she looked forward to the end of her trip and meeting Barb. Barbara and Mrs. Ackerman were waiting on the cold platform of the big bus terminal. Barbara, who had spied her before Jenny climbed down, was at the steps to greet her with a hug. They went down the escalator and outdoors and got into a taxi. Oh, I'm so glad you're here, Jenny, Barbara cried. But Jenny's fascinating eyes were on the huge electric signs and hurrying crowds. <clears throat> when they reached the apartment house, the elevator flew past many floors before it let them out. Here we are, Mrs. Ackerman said. The living room was as large and cheerful as Jenny's own. I didn't know they had fireplaces and apartments, she cried. Barbara laughed. Come on into the bedroom. Jenny stood stock still at the bedroom window. Far below her lay the stretch of a river like dark gray taffeta, with lights reflecting in its liquid depths and other thousands of lights reaching downward. That's the East River, Barbara said coming to stand beside her. And that's Long Island City on the other side. There's the Welfare Island, where the buildings are. And right down there, where you see the cars moving, is East River Drive. Jenny gazed and gazed. Isn't it pretty? She turned away, at last with a happy sigh. I'm so glad I'm here. She unsnapped the lock on her suitcase and shook out her best dress. I brought my knitting, she said, showing it to Barbara proudly. I'm making my daddy a scarf for Christmas. They had dinner in front of the fireplace and then played card games. Jenny took a last look at the jeweled knight beyond the window before she hopped into bed. At breakfast, she heard the plans for the day. This morning, Barbara told her, mother has to do some shopping. So she says we can go to the toy department or something. Then we're going to have lunch and go to the Radio City, and tonight some of my friends are coming to supper. A glow of pleasure warmed Jenny. What a lot of things to do. And we'd better get started, Mrs. Ackerman agreed. It was a bright, blustery day, and Jenny's feet fairly danced with excitement as they set out. I have just one errand, Mrs. Ackerman told them, as they entered the big department store. Do you girls want to come with me, or do you rather, or would you rather wait here and look at things? Would you like to go to the toy department, Jenny? Barbara asked. In the middle of the store, an escalator moved upwards in a slow glide. Near it, another one descended from the second floor. Jenny's eyes were held by the steady, continuous motion. It fascinated her. Could we ride on the escalator while we wait? she asked. Barbara and her mother laughed. By all means, Mrs. Ackerman said. You have yourselves a ride. 
and we'll meet you here at the foot of the escalator in half an hour. Jenny and Barbara stepped gleefully onto the escalator. As it moved up, Jenny looked down, hand on rail. As the moving crowds of shoppers on the main floor, the whole vast expanse of great store gradually spread out below in a dream-like panorama. The noise and clatter blended and rose in deep and faraway roar. Watch getting off, Barbara warned, and they hopped off the moving stairs on the second floor. Here was the millinery department, millinery is hats. Table after table of hats and entertaining fall shades. Jenny and Barbara wandered about admiring. Come on, let's go up to the third floor, Barbara said finally. Racks of dresses stood near the escalator on the third floor. The girls explored the departments. Over by the wall, they came to a glass case of glittering evening gowns. And Jenny drew a thrilled breath of delight at their elegance and amazing colors. Now let's see what's on the next floor, she said finally, with a pleased little giggle as this fascinating pastime. The fourth floor, with its piles of sheets and bath towels, was not so glamorous, and they went on up to the fifth. The customers began to thin out now, and they were riding the escalator almost alone. Jenny had an idea. I wonder if I could run down these stairs while they're going up. Let's try, Barbara said. <clears throat> Jenny turned around and began to walk down the upward gliding steps, Barbara following. They both laughed out loud as the machinery still carried them up. Look, we're walking and staying in the same place, Jenny cried. The two walked busily downstairs for a while, giggling and elated. Let's see if we can run down and get off, Barbara suggested. You watch, here I go. She braced herself with a hand on the rail, went down the stairs at top speed, and without pausing for an instant, gave a flying leap off at the top of the escalator. Jenny was so fascinated watching her that she allowed herself to be carried up nearly to the next floor. She and Barbara laughed and waved at each other. Then Jenny followed Barbara's example, leaping down against the motion of the stairs and jumping to safety. I wonder what time it is, Barbara said. We'd better go and see if Mother's waiting. They rode down to the main floor, in ladylike fashion, though the trip seemed slow and dull after the excitement of leaping like kangaroos, Mrs. Ackerman was not there. Let's ride up again while we're waiting, Barb, Jenny begged. It's such fun. But we'd better not try coming down the up escalator this time, Barbara said. Jenny let a young woman with a small boy get on ahead of her, and then she hopped aboard the moving step just behind them. Jenny's gaze fell on the handbag the woman was carrying. What a pretty bag, she thought. Shiny, bright red leather. Jenny gazed at it with admiration. Then suddenly it happened. The small boy turned as if to start back down the stairs, and his mother moved to catch him. As she reached far forward, her bag caught on the rail, slipped from her grasp, and dropped to the floor far below. The woman gasped, horrified at her loss. The escalator carried them swiftly up. Before anyone could speak, Jenny acted. She turned and went down in a flying rush, never pausing till she leapt off the escalator. She scrambled around the corner, 
ran down the aisle and swooped the red bag off the floor, almost out of the hands of a woman who was reaching for it. In an instant, Jenny was back on the escalator. She rushed up, jumped off on the second floor, and panting with excitement, delivered the bag into the hands of its owner. Oh, the woman gave a sigh of tremendous relief. Thank you. Oh, I was frantic for a minute. I probably would have got it back, but you never know. Why, she lowered her voice. I have all our Christmas money in this bag. You have? Jenny and Barbara were wide-eyed. The woman opened her red bag and took from it a matching red wallet. She drew out a folded bill. I want you to take this, dear, she told Jenny. I never can thank you enough. Jenny gazed down at the five-dollar bill. Oh, she gasped. You needn't. I don't. You take it, the young woman firmly tucked Jenny's fingers around the bill. Buy something you want, and thank you again. This time, Mrs. Ackerman was looking for them as the two girls stepped off the down escalator, overwhelming her in excited rush. Well, she exclaimed when she heard the story. I think I'll leave you two here all day. I'm going to divide my reward with Barb, Jenny said. You'll do nothing of the sort, Mrs. Ackerman retorted. You certainly won't, said Barbara. So Jenny finally snapped her purse shut, bursting with excitement and happiness. She had never had so much money to carry around. After the movie at Radio City, they hurried home in time to get the party supper. Barbara's friends were just as giggly and natural as the girls at home. When the evening was over, Jenny felt that she had made four new friends. I hope I'll see you again, Jenny, they said when they left. She's coming again real soon, Barbara assured them. Jenny lay awake, thinking about the adventure on the, es on the escalator. The astonishing reward received that still was in her purse, and all the exciting events of the long day. My, but I've got a lot to tell about, she thought, laying on her back and staring into the dark. Wasn't it lucky, she said to herself, that I didn't stay home because Geneva couldn't go. Then she forgot about Geneva. There was so many things to think about. Chapter 6 A Lonely House on Monday afternoon, Geneva caught up with Jenny as she started home from school. Did you have a good time at Barb's? She inquired, falling into step. The thought leapt into Jenny's mind. Where's Marcia? It was on the tip of her tongue to ask, but she thought better of it. Yes, she said. We had the best time. We went to Radio City and Barb invited some of her friends to dinner so I could meet them. Wish I'd been there, Geneva said regretfully. And the most exciting thing happened. Jenny was bursting with news of her adventure. We were in the store, and Barb and I were riding on the escalator. She paused as they reached the corner. Come on over to my house, Geneva urged. I want to hear about everything. It was weeks since Jenny had gone to Geneva's after school. Okay, she said. Strange how calm she felt at being asked after all her unhappiness over being separated from Geneva. So many things had happened to her lately. Mrs. Porter met them at the door. Why, hello, Jenny, she exclaimed. How nice to see you. Geneva, she went on, I made an appointment to have your hair trimmed, and you'll have to go right away. You know where it is, that new place I showed you. Maybe Jenny would go along and then come back. Will you? Geneva demanded. All right, 
Jenny gave her books to Geneva's mother as they turned away. She voiced the question that had been in her mind. Where's Marcia? she asked casually. I don't know, Geneva said indifferently. Did you have a good time at the party? No. What was the exciting thing that happened? Jenny told her about how the red handbag had fallen off the railing of the escalator and how she had come to the rescue. And guess what she gave me, she demanded, her eyes sparkling. What? Geneva's own eyes were round with suspense. Five dollar reward. Five dollars? Geneva clasped her hand to her head and moaned. And I had to miss all that excitement. Come on, here's the hairdresser's. Jenny stooped to pat a shaggy brown dog laying outside the shop in the sunshine. Hello, doggy, she said. He raised his solemn face, thumped the walk with his tail. They were the only customers, and the hairdresser had Geneva in a chair in a jiffy with a towel around her neck. Jenny watched the sharp scissors snip-snip at Geneva's brown bob, reviewed in her mind the other things she had to tell Geneva about the weekend. The chill of the steel went through her, too, as the hairdresser made the scissors against the back of Geneva's neck to clip the fuzz. There, the woman surveyed Geneva critically, looked, took off the towel, and shook it. Geneva wagged her head at first in the mirror and stepped down from the chair. She reached for the pocket of her coat and held out a dollar. The hairdresser smiled. You'll have to give that to my cashier. Geneva looked around. Where's the cashier? I'll call him. The hairdresser went to the door and opened it. The shaggy brown dog came in, walked a bit stiffly like an old man. All right, cashier, the woman told him. He looked uncertainly from Jenny to Geneva and then lumbered over to Geneva and stood before her. He's asked you for the money, the hairdresser explained. Geneva held it out. Cashier took it carefully in his mouth, turned, and walked over to the cash register, which stood on a table in the corner. Thank you very much, the hairdresser said, taking the dollar bill from him. Cashier lumbered to the door, his duty done, and stood waiting to be let out. Isn't he darling? Jenny exclaimed in delight, running to pat him. In summer, he opens the screen door and comes in as soon as the dryer stops, the woman told them. They had something new to chuckle about as they walked back to Geneva's. Eating gingerbread and drinking milk at the kitchen table, Jenny told Geneva all the rest of her news about the weekend. Well, Geneva said, setting down her empty glass with a thump and making a determined face. Next time, boy, nobody... But nobody gets me to stay home for a dumb party. The doorbell rang as Jenny was launching into the enthusiastic account of Barbara's friends. Geneva gave an exclamation of annoyance and went to answer the bell. When she came back, Marcia was with her. Instantly, Jenny froze into stiffness. She always felt when Marcia was around. Marcia slipped into a chair. Go on, Jenny, Geneva prodded her. Tell me about Barb's friends. But the fun of talking about her visit was spoiled now. Oh, they were just girls, Jenny said. Marcia's eyes traveled from Jenny to Geneva. Oh, Jenny, Geneva said. Didn't we have fun with Barb last summer? Remember the night we slept in the tent? Jenny nodded, warming at the recollection. 
We had cocoa and cheese crackers, she said, and there was a thunderstorm. We thought your father was a bear, Geneva chuckled. They were off into remember the time. Marcia listened, eyes on their faces. Well, anyway, Geneva said finally, I'm going to invite Barb to come out the day after Thanksgiving and spend the weekend at my house. Marcia spoke. We might have a house at the seashore next summer, she announced. I'll invite you to come and visit Geneva. At Marcia's words, as though from habit, Jenny felt the familiar cold sinking of the heart that Geneva and Marcia's friendship had caused so often. This time, though, it lasted only a second. Self-confidence and comforting warmth flowed through her again. Suddenly, she felt independent of Marcia and Geneva, too. I'm going home, she said, slipping out of the chair. I have lots of things to do. What? Geneva demanded. Oh, Jenny remembered that Geneva did not know about her new interests. Cooking and knitting, she said. Do you know how to knit? Geneva was impressed. Jenny nodded. Show me how. Yes, Jenny said. Come on over and I'll show you. You can come tomorrow if you want to. She did not include Marcia. On Tuesday and Wednesday, Geneva went home with Jenny. Thursday was the day when Geneva had her music lesson after school. Jenny looked around for Anna, but not seeing her, she started home by herself. Jenny! It was Marcia hurrying after her. Oh dear, I don't want to talk with her, Jenny thought, pretending she didn't hear her. But Marcia joined her. Have you still got the kittens? She inquired, making polite conversation as they walked along. Yes. I bet they're cute now, Marcia exclaimed. I bet they're the cutest things. I bet the gray one is the prettiest. She wants me to ask her over to see them, Jenny thought. Well, I'm not going to. They reached the corner. Bye, Jenny said briefly, heading towards her own street. Wait a minute, Marcia hovered beside her. Can you come over to my house? Jenny stopped in surprise at the unexpected invitation. Nothing had been farther from her mind than going over to Marcia's. Then, in spite of herself, she felt her curiosity stir. What would Marcia's house be like? Well, she turned slowly. Oh, please come. I guess. I guess I could for a little while. Oh, good, Marcia cried. Jenny glanced up, surprised at the delighted tone of Marcia's voice. Marcia took a door key from her school bag. Isn't your mother home? Jenny asked. Marcia shook her head. She's at her job. Jenny had not known that Marcia's mother worked. The house was strangely different from Jenny's. Everything looked new and nice, but somehow it seemed square and bare instead of cozy. Even the fireplace was swept out. It felt chilly, too. Jenny hated to take her coat off. Marcia turned up the thermostat. It'll be warm soon, she said. Come on in my room and leave your things here. Marcia's room seemed bare, too, compared with Jenny's pretty pink bedroom. There were no books about. She noticed no table or desk. The whole house reminded her somehow of a room in a store window. Who's that boy? she asked, looking at a picture on Marcia's bureau. My brother. He's at military school. No wonder Marcia likes to go to Geneva's, Jenny thought as they went into the kitchen. There were books and games at Geneva's. It was always warm and cheerful, 
and Geneva's mother, with her laughing blue eyes, was such fun. Marcia produced some chocolate milk and cake. Do you want to look at television? she asked. All right. They watched the picture for a while, and then Jenny began to get bored. I'd better go home, she said, setting down her empty glass. Oh, not yet. There was a pleading tone in Marcia's voice that made Jenny sit back. She looked around. Don't you have any books? she asked, feeling bolder. We've got magazines. Don't you ever sew or knit or anything? I don't know how. Your mother could show you. She doesn't have time. Well, Jenny persisted, what do you do? Oh, I look at television. Sometimes I go to the movies. The telephone shrilled, and Marcia went to pick it up. I'm all right, she said in the phone. A friend of mine is here, Jenny Fellows. Jenny thought she heard a note of pride in Marcia's voice. Marcia listened. All right, Daddy and I will meet you at the office. She hung up the telephone. That was my mother, she said. We're going out for dinner tonight. She looked around, obviously seeking something to win Jenny's interest. Do you want to see my pictures of movie stars, she asked. The pictures meant little to Jenny, who went to the movies so seldom. I have a nature collection, she said. Marcia held up the picture of a beaming blonde girl for Jenny to admire. And Peter has a stamp collection, Jenny went on. I don't like stamps. They're dumb. Isn't this one beautiful? Jenny admired the movie actress reluctantly. She was pretty, but it seemed silly, somehow just cutting out pictures. When they collected flowers and leaves, they had a wonderful time in the woods doing it. I've really got to go home now, she said, moving towards Marcia's room to get her coat. Politely, she added, I had a very nice time. Almost running down the walk, she drew a long breath of relief. She was so glad to get out of that cold, cheerless place. Her own home was filled with friendliness and things to remind her of her family, even if mother wasn't there, as she usually was when Jenny came home from school. The house seemed warm and welcoming. There was always a book she was reading, or she could add a few rows of the scarf she was knitting for her father. Now she was getting so she could get into the kitchen by herself and make cookies or muffins or cake. You never feel lonely when you're cooking, Jenny thought, going home through the dusk. Of course she had company. Geneva was there a lot now. Anna ran in and out. Since Jenny had renewed her friendship with Peter, he often popped in for a game of checkers. She, she thought of Marcia there alone with nothing at all. It seemed to Jenny to pass the time. Well, she tried to make the pictures more cheerful. Marcia's father will be home soon. They'll go and meet her mother. Maybe when they go home after dinner, the house will seem nicer. Jenny ran up her walk and threw open the door into the living room. Mmm, she thought, sniffing. Mother said she was going to make vegetable soup. Didn't it smell good?